Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. A new program for you on the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. That's right. It's Ask B-O-L Anything. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, back with you and joined this time by Andrew Bone, longtime veteran of the University of Alabama beat, whether it's mostly recruiting, but certainly very knowledgeable in the ways of the Alabama Crimson Tide football program in general as well. Andrew, this is the first one we've done of these. So looking forward to it, my man. Yeah, Travis, I appreciate you having me. I'm glad to get this uh, this show up and running. I've had a lot of people that have asked me, you know, when are we going to get uh, the YouTube channel back back rolling? And uh, now we got it going. So looking forward to it. And uh, I think we're going to be doing this, obviously, for a long time. You and you and I have been in this industry for uh <laughs> for long time. Uh, I guess 20 years and um you know I think that um you know we got a uh, we got a long way to go so uh so we're looking forward to um to the next several years doing this and uh talking to Alabama fans and sharing what we've got yeah we've got the gray hair to prove it you know as yeah, you can tell right. usually <laughs> I got the salt and pepper beard going as well but you know, when it, I when I first started in this industry I had hair I had a mop on my head and um and the, and I always tell whenever I go to an event and speak or anything like that I always tell people you know don't get into the recruiting industry because you're gonna lose your hair and you're gonna you get a lot of gray uh in your beard so uh so don't do it and um it always gets pretty good laugh but um you know uh yeah, yeah it, I got a hat piece I call it a hat <laughs> yeah, piece. yeah so that's what yeah. um I wear that hat all the time, so nobody nobody sees. I don't, that. you know, I don't have money for the Tom Brady surgery. You know, people like <laughs> yeah. that. We don't have that kind of money. You know, that takes That's the big right. money. But uh, big weekend for Alabama. Obviously, the result wasn't what the Crimson Tide wanted on the field. But I know, in terms of recruiting, it was a weekend that a lot of folks had pointed to for a long time. I know right now at BamaOnline.com, you've got ten thoughts following the big recruiting weekend for Alabama. So. Give us a synopsis, kind of a feeling that you have for Alabama on that front coming out of that Texas game. You know, coaches, players, fans, they're they're going to be upset about the loss. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you lose 10 points at home to Texas. Now, there's going to be a lot of di- disappointment. There's going to be a lot of, you know, people that are angry, that are pissed off, that are just, you know, they're, they're not too happy about, you know, the result. But on the flip side of that, Recruits don't really care about the wins or losses. You know, you know, they see, you know, a recruit goes into a stadium and a team loses and you're a recruit for that university. You're looking at it more as a, you know, what can I potentially bring to the table and help this program out here in the future? So I think for the most part, it was very positive. You know, you had a lot of kids that were in town, you know, big names. You had a lot of commitments. I think, I think I counted 20 of Alabama's 25 commitments uh, between the 2023, uh, excuse me, 2024 and 2026 recruiting classes were all in town for the game. And, you know, 
a lot of positive feedback from those guys. You know, really looking forward to getting on campus, uh, starting to compete, you know, working hard. I even reached out to uh, to Julian Sang, the five-star quarterback. You know, he said that he was in a group text with other Alabama commits. And, you know, they're just looking forward to getting on campus and trying to help the team uh, here in the future. So, you know, not really any negativity. You, know, you, you see a lot of, you know, big names that were in town that are, uncommitted guys mostly players that were in 2025 2026 because you look at the 2024 class this current class Alabama has 19 commitments so there's probably only a few more spots that are remaining and there's not a hard number there's not you know we're not trying to get to 24 25 Alabama is probably going to get anywhere between 24 you know 27 players in this class it all kind of depends on uh you know these next few months who they can bring in who they feel like they can potentially land but then you can also look into the transfer portal. If there's somebody out there that you, you know, not really comfortable in taking just yet, you can go, you know, look for a defensive lineman, look for an inside linebacker or somebody like that in the transfer portal. But, you know, from speaking to uh, you know, several players, myself, Joseph Hastings, uh, one of our recruiting analysts on Bama Online, um, you know, it was all positive because you – we're in an environment that was electric. Uh, the stadium was rocking throughout the night despite the loss. Uh, you know, it's just a great atmosphere. And we're going to see a lot of those kids back in Tuscaloosa this season. I mean, you know, the good thing about the um, the Texas game, it wasn't a game in November. Uh, yeah, it was a game uh, the second week of September. So you're going to see a lot of those kids back in Tuscaloosa throughout the year because there's some more big games uh, upcoming, including, you know, Ole Miss, Tennessee. LSU, uh, you know, those are going to be some must-get games, uh, must-get-to games for a lot of these top recruits, um, and they had a lot of fun. I mean, we we had a chance to talk to, uh, to several of these guys. You know, Jordan Seaton, um, you know, was a big visitor uh, this past weekend, you know, and, you know, kind of going into some of our surprise visitors uh, that were on campus. Jordan did not tell anyone that he was coming to Tuscaloosa um, for this weekend. He was originally scheduled uh, to visit for the LSU game, uh, excuse me, the Tennessee game. And he was going to go to uh, LSU this past weekend for an official visit, canceled the visit to LSU, came to Tuscaloosa instead. And he's also looking at uh, potentially coming back for the Tennessee game uh, next month. So getting Jordan Seaton, who you know many think is the best offensive lineman uh, in the country uh, in this 2024 recruiting class, getting him back on campus potentially twice uh, this fall. You know after uh, after he's already taken his official visit back in the summer, uh, you know very positive for Alabama there. Yeah, and you know there's another event that a lot of these guys pay a lot of attention to and it's not in the fall it's in april and that's the nfl draft so as long as alabama stays good i think on that front uh, i think they'll be pretty good with a lot of these prospects as well so as promised right here on the round table that i'm looking at right now while we record this show uh we are open to pretty much any question you have as a bama online subscriber it is Ask BOL anything. Let's get going, Andrew. Buckle up, my friend. We're going to start with Waterman, uh, who asks and says here on the roundtable, here's an easy one. What would be your solution to the lack of takeaways and pressures that the Alabama defense has experienced since 2022? The solution would need to be implementable during the season. I guess implementable is a word. It's you know kind of above my pay range, I think. But we appreciate the question. I don't know, Andrew. Maybe see if Jonathan Allen has any 
eligibility left over. Um, you know, it's it's tough because you had that sort of two, three year run with Will Anderson where pressure wasn't so much of a problem, certainly from one guy, but getting it from others and post Will Anderson, the expectation for Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell to really step up on the edge. And you got to understand too, we're two games into the season. I'll say this for Texas. I went into that game thinking those offensive tackles would be a good matchup for the Longhorns with Alabama's edge people. And if you can take care of Alabama's edge people, what we've seen in recent years post Christian Barmore, really, I guess, is that, you don't have to concern yourself much with those war daddy types that Alabama's had in the past who can win one-on-ones and really be problematic. So I think you kind of answered it yourself, Waterman, in that pressure often leads to takeaways. Uh, and until Alabama can consistently marry those uh, two aspects together, um, you know, it, it's going to be a bit, a bit of a problem, I think, Andrew. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I do think you know the pressure has been uh, you know, a little bit of an issue, but you know they've got some guys there. They got they, you know they've got some they got some horses in there. They got to let them run. And uh, you know, I'm I'm interested to see if you know we might potentially see you know some other guys get get in some game action this year. You know, they sign an elite uh, outside linebacker class in 2023. You know, three five star guys, Jonze Pierre. Um, you know, Keon Keeley, uh, Quay Rousseau, you know, do you potentially start seeing a few of those guys, you know, get in and, and, and get some reps in, you know, I'd like to see, um, you know, I'd like to see the guys, you know, get to the quarterback a little bit more. Yeah. I saw a weird stat yesterday and I, I think it was, you know, I think it was Barrett Solly that posted it. LSU and Georgia, you know, two schools that, um, we talk about, uh, or, probably fans talk about more oh why can't we be um you know in the backfield like those guys are constantly you know those are two schools that are tied yeah you know, i think at the bottom of the country with total number of sacks this year both schools only have one sack a piece so it's not like um you know alabama's the worst uh, school in the country as far as getting pressure onto the quarterback but um I think that we we've certainly got to see, you know, a little bit more there. Um, you know, that's going to be, you know, a big part of this, this team, if they can't get to the quarterback, then, you know, they're not going to be able to have, you know, a ton of success on the defense side of the ball. And that's going to obviously, you know, like you said, you know, it's going to create more turnovers, more pressure, you know, Dallas Turner, Chris Braswell, you know, whoever else, um, you know, they're going to have to you know get some hands on the quarterback and create more turnovers for the defense. Yeah, maybe more varieties of pressures are in the offering from Kevin Steele and that defensive staff. Maybe more along the lines of bringing Deontay Lawson or uh, one of those other inside linebackers in some of those situations. So two games in, still a lot left in the playbook. Uh, you know, I, I know you don't want to just try to man up every play and bring six. Uh, but maybe more along the lines of variety, uh, I would expect, again, because we're just two games into the season. CEH for Bama here wants to know if we could also speak to the upcoming and ongoing recruiting that Nate Oates is doing with men's basketball. Well, thanks to Joseph Hastings, who Andrew mentioned earlier, our outstanding recruiting analyst for this there at Bama Online, a uh, couple of Big-time official visitors were expected in town over the weekend, including Con Knepel, the 6'5 shooter 
well, just a score in general, really, from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Joseph had the follow-up interview for you right there at BamaOnline.com. I'd say this, Andrew, kind of like Alabama football, Nate Oates is swimming in the big pond. I mean, when you talk about the visitors between Tyler Betsy and, and Con Knepple, uh, you're talking about two top 30 guys. I think Knepple's a top 15. So uh, he's going after the big fish, and I think because of the style of play, and, well, of course, also you're seeing guys kind of like what we talked about with football more and more prominent in the NBA draft. Those things are coming together, and the recruiting effort can only benefit from that. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, you know, we're starting to see more and more kids um, not only visit. <laughs> I remember back in the day, uh, you know, covering Alabama you know, football recruiting back during the Shula years, we used to think, man, it'd be impressive if Alabama was able, ever able to get a uh, a five-star kid just to visit uh, campus. And, you know, then all of a sudden, you know, Coach Saban comes in and he's getting a lot of those five-star kids on campus and then starting to get a lot of them to commit. And, you know, now we're starting to see, obviously we're seeing that with Nate Oates. And it's, you know, obviously the success of the basketball program helps, but you know, I think, you know, you start seeing more and more guys that are getting, you know, drafted um, and not just drafted, but lottery picks. I mean, that's mm -hmm. always uh, help your program and you can sell it, you know, obviously a, a lot easier when you're, when you're having consistent success uh, on the court and, uh, and in the NBA draft. And you know, I think Alabama is going to continue to bring in and attract, uh, you know, those elite players. They've obviously done a great job uh, in the transfer portal as well. And um, yeah, I think that coach, coach Oates, obviously, um, has been a, a breath of fresh air on the recruiting front uh, for Alabama. And, you know, they're going to continue to have a lot of success. MS Tide fan here on the round table and the Ask Bo Anything thread. What do you think is the issue with Dallas Turner? Maybe not totally, but essentially disappearing in the pass rush going back to last season. He hasn't matched what he did two years ago hardly at all. Now, you just want to talk about sacks, tackles for loss, Things like that last year wasn't the year you expected from Dallas Turner, especially with Will Anderson on the other side in 2022. So now you go into 2023, and I think Dallas is going to probably be more the marked guy in pass rush situations. So if that is the case, you're getting one-on-ones at other places. And I tend to think that's probably as much the case with your bigger guys inside than, say, Dallas Turner um, or Chris Braswell. RQ Robinson. Uh, and and there's plenty of tape on you schematically, too. So teams kind of know what's coming. That's why I mentioned the variety maybe uh being a big bigger thing. Uh, but Dallas, I'll say this, you know, we 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 always, Andrew, equate it with an edge guy to sacks and quarterback hurries. I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, but he had a big play on the fourth and two against Texas the other night when Alabama was able to get the stop. So um, again, two games in. Well, small sample size. I know last year it wasn't what most people expected for Dallas, but uh, I'm going to give this one a little more time to play out, I think, Andrew. Yeah, I think so. You know, you, you look at this Texas game, you know, this was the measuring stick. You know, where are you as a team? You know, what areas do you need to improve on? Um, you know, not only as a player, but as a coach, you know, what can you change to make an impact uh, on your defense and, you know, create more opportunities for your players. And I think that's what we're going to probably see, you know, 
I'm guessing this week against South Florida, obviously not as uh, a, a huge opponent, but you know, what are we going to see in the coming weeks, uh, you know, against these SEC teams and especially against Ole Miss, you know, who's going to throw the ball a lot, you know, will we see, you know, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell in the backfield, um, you know, throughout the game. And, you know, they're going to have to, you know, really sit down in the film room, have kind of a coming to Jesus moment and um, and figure it out. Because, you know, like I said, um, if they can't figure out the pass rush, if they can't get to the quarterback, if they can't create, um, you know, distractions and – or, excuse me, disruptions, uh, you know, for the offense, and you know, offense is going to be able to – you know, Alabama's got a great secondary. There, there's no doubt, but you know, offenses are going to be able to throw the ball on them if they can't. You know, you've got to put some pressure on these guys, and I think Kevin still is known for that. You know, we've seen you know what he's been able to, what he was able to do. Um, you know, especially during his time at Auburn. I mean, that was a uh, you know those Auburn defenses that he he coached. You know, were great. And, you know, that's kind of what we're, you know, expecting at Alabama. You know, we got to see what's going to happen. And I, I think that, like I said, the Texas game, big measuring stick, uh, great team. Texas, in my opinion, you know, just from watching their team, looking at the size of their team, you know, especially on the offensive and defensive fronts, you know, they've got an opportunity to potentially be a college football playoff team. They look like a college football playoff team. Now we'll see kind of what the rest of the way uh, or how the rest of the season goes for them. I mean, Quinn Ewers, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, well, you know, of course a great quarterback uh, or uh, I think Alabama's MO has been, you know, they get beat when a, a quarterback has an outstanding football game. I mean, that's been, you know, every loss Alabama's had, it's been because of a quarterback years was the number one quarterback recruit in the country um you know he was a highly uh recruited kid you know every you know everyone in texas thought he was you know the the next you know generational type quarterback so it's not like he was just some run-of-the-mill you know quarterback you know this is a special kid at the quarterback position that going to potentially have a chance to be a first-round draft pick here in the next you know year or so so it's not like Alabama was going up against some just uh, – uh, Yeah, I mean, Quinn Ewers, for, <laughs> for his struggles with the deeper passing game prior to last Saturday night, there's no doubt. I mean, credentials as a recruit. Uh, there's a reason why he started his career at Ohio State. You don't go there if you're uh, not of four at least star ilk. Right. So, um, no doubt, a talented dude, and it showed up last Saturday night. Yeah, he he uh, for Alabama. Uh, but he had his best game. I mean, there's no doubt he had his best game. Uh, you know, obviously when it mattered the most against Alabama in Tuscaloosa, and um, you know, Alabama's obviously going to have to figure out a lot of things, and you know, not only on on defense but uh, on offense as well. MS Tide fan also wants to know. Also, why is there so much blame placed on the defense for the loss, but? The defense held Texas to 13 points going into the fourth quarter while the offense never could take advantage of the defense holding Texas for three quarters. Well, it's complimentary football, MS Tide fan. And uh, unfortunately for Alabama, that was an issue a year ago where you just couldn't seem to sync up, it seemed like, especially in big games where the offense and defense kind of had it going at the same time, especially later in games. You know, some weeks, some games last year, the offense would be – taking care of business uh, in the last 15 minutes or so of a game, and then the defense couldn't hold up. 
Uh, and that's kind of what we saw until we can get those, until we see those things sort of come together for Alabama. I, I think you know, the same kind of issues are going to be in play. We've got Batman here on the round table uh, wants to know, what do you see are the problems for the program? Seems like a decline is clearly evident now. Bryce covered up some issues the past two years, but problems are becoming apparent. If you agree, do you believe Saban can get it reversed? Well, I'm going to throw this to you, Andrew, because in my opinion anyway, if the program's in decline, it'll show up as much in recruiting probably initially as anywhere else. And I know there's some Alabama fans with some of the commitments for 2024 haven't been exactly blown away, haven't had their hair blown back. But still, I, I don't sense, Andrew, that, that attracting top talent to Alabama is going to be an issue. Now, you know, there's another thing to be said about player development, and it's become especially complicated now uh, in the transfer portal era because guys that you used to be able to count on to be around for three years minimum – Oh, you got guys making jumps after a season now. So there, there's nuances to it, I guess. Yeah, and I, and I think the, you know, the constant rotation of coaches, um, you know, that are coming through your program, whether it's offensive, defense, coordinator, position coaches, uh, whoever it may be, you know, that obviously has, you know, a little bit of an effect on your program as well. You know, you look at the offensive line, though, you know, all this talk about the offensive front heading into the season, and it's still three new starters on the offensive line. You're also include, you're also putting in a, a, a freshman uh, at left tackle uh, starting his second game. Your first game of your college career is against Middle Tennessee, and then the second game of your college career is against a, a college football playoff contender. So there's a little bit of you know a, a little bit of a learning step that's going to be there. Um, yeah, I think that you're also going to see some guys that you know. I think Tyler Booker, somebody said it, you know, before the Texas game that you know we are still a. a, a pretty much a new unit there are new faces on this offensive front it might take you know a few weeks for us to kind of gel together unfortunately I don't think they've gelled together quite yet as far as the Texas game but you know what are we going to see moving forward what are we going to see in the you know uh Ole Miss game you know I no offense to South Florida but I, I think Alabama you know should be able to you know move the ball on South Florida so what are we going to see against these SEC opponents um you know, I don't know how many times we've had to see Alabama lose a game over the last, you know, 10 years. And after that game, it is, you know, doom and gloom. It is, you know, this team can't get right. They're not going to, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to, you know, move the ball. They're not going to be able to play great defense. They can't stop a cold. I mean, it is, you know, it's been a lot of kind of the same stuff. Now, obviously, you know, people want to see Alabama have success on the field. But one game, let's see kind of what happens moving forward. I'm really intrigued to see because there's a lot of talent on this team. You know, they, they even though the transfer portal uh, and coaching staff changes and all this stuff, they still have a you know, one of the most talented, if not the most talented roster, um, you know, in college football. They just got to all play together and they've got to figure it out. And they, you know, yeah, I know that they've been hearing it from you know fans, from former players, from coaches, from you know probably family members, all this sort of stuff on social media. I would say, and I posted this on our board: get off social media. 
just get off social media. Focus on the team. Focus on yourself. Keep getting better. See where you know the rest of the season goes because this has this is a team that can potentially make it to you know make it to Atlanta. I'm not going to say make it to the college football playoff. I want to see if they can make it to Atlanta. I think they've got they're a team that can win the SEC West. No doubt about it. Are they a team that can win the SEC? We'll see. Are they a team that can make it to the college football playoff? We'll see. But, you know, they are extremely talented. Uh, they just have to gel together. They have to figure it out. They've got to figure out on the offense side of the ball. Uh, they've got to, you know, create an identity on the offense side of the ball. You know, we went into this season. Oh, we're going to – Alabama's going to be this, uh, you know, joyless murder ball – smash mouth, run it down their throats type offense. And, you know, it's like, you know, what do you want to be? You have all this talent at the wide receiver position. You have talent at tight end. You have, you know, these big running backs. And then you're just, you kind of get into the game and you're like, all right, you know, what are we doing here? And, you know, they've got to, they just got to create an identity. And is that this week? Is that next week? Is that in mid-October? You know, I don't know. Uh, We're all just kind of waiting to see how it's going to all unfold. But I I think this team has a chance to be special. Of course, you know, we've been around for a long time. I I covered the the Mike Shula era. Um, I kind of said, you know, I I had belief in that team back, you know, those, some of those teams back then when I probably shouldn't have, but, uh, but I I think that, um, you know, the way Alabama's recruited for the last several years, the program that they've built, uh, you know, the people that they have in the organization, you know, and, and, and the players they have in the organization, you know, their goal every single day is to, is to win. You know, they're not going out there to, to lose games. They're not going out there to disappoint fans. They're not going out there to, um, you know, just give it, you know, give it a shot. They, they believe going into those games that they're going to win. And, you know, we will see, Moving yeah, forward. I think uh, Andrew. I think Saturday's a character game. You know that yeah. that's what Saturday is because we're talking about a USF team that was up seven on Florida A and M in the fourth quarter last Saturday. Florida A and M had thirteen tackles for loss and six sacks of South Florida players, offensive players. So, um, you know, if if Alabama's got it screwed on tight, uh, it should be a, a, a convincing win. If not. Uh, then it could be uh, a slop fest. And if that's the case, then I think you do have legitimate concerns to uh, continue to worry about. And which kind of leads us into NYC Tide here on the roundtable. I have been around a long time and never asked y'all to answer anything on the pod. I am sick and tired of all the bandwagon fans calling for Coach Saban's head. Those of us who have been around enough aren't freaking out. My question in your mind, please give me one reason Fans should relax about the future of the program and one reason we should still feel good about the 2023 season. Uh, One for me, as far as the rest of the season is still the roster. I think Andrew just talked about it. It's, it's a championship caliber roster. Now, do you have some key areas where you're still trying to figure some things out? Absolutely. If you can get those figured out here in the next couple of weeks, then you can head into mid-October and get into Tennessee and LSU in early November feeling a lot better than you do right now. As far as a big-picture reason, Andrew, kind of more back to your area, your neck of the woods, quarterback recruiting. You know, Julian's saying if it, 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 it starts at quarterback with just about any program. And so 
Uh, Alabama's got a great one coming. And by the way, Alabama's got one or two as first-year players right now that could potentially be the guy at some point down the road. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's recruited quarterback position, you know, really well. And obviously the success of the guys that they've, you know, recruited in the past, guys that are in the NFL right now, you know, played a big role in that. You know, but Julian Sane, number one quarterback in the country, according to On3 Sports. Um, yeah, I know, you know others have Dylan Rayola, the Georgia uh, commitment is number one, but um, kind of splitting hairs with those two guys. But, you know, Julian is a uh, it's a really special talent. I mean, one of the Elite 11, uh, having an unbelievable senior season. All right. So let's uh, let's shift to Nah here in the Ask BOL Anything thread on the BOL Roundtable. Nah wants to know about a couple of players. First, what has happened to Earl Little? Always felt like a star, pun intended. Yuck, yuck, nah. But we haven't heard much about him since that killer A-Day pick. Uh, we'll start with that one. Earl Little, the second-year second, second year player, uh, good competition at that situation, Andrew. You bring in uh, Amos from the transfer portal, and you think, well, he's a corner. Well, that impacts what has happened at the star position because, as we know, uh, with Malachi in there in the nickel and then shifting to Terry Ann Arnold when Trey Amos comes on the field in the dime at corner, uh, that had an impact on Earl Little the second. I think Earl Little is going to be fine. Uh, he did do some very nice things in the spring game, uh, but he's still a young player. And I think sometimes that may show up in coverage like it did perhaps against Middle Tennessee when he did get on the field. Uh, and there's also a physicality to that star position that I don't know if we talk about enough. I mean, you're essentially a box defender when you're playing star. So if you're in the nickel on first and 10 and a team like Texas wants to run, let's say an outside zone, you got to be capable from that standpoint of setting an edge. So uh, a little too early. I know it's, it's, it's a good time to overreact following a loss, I guess. Uh, but I think Earl Little will be fine. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and it, the the and I'm not trying to uh, you know harp on fans at all, but the coaches are seeing a lot more than we are uh, in practice every single day. Uh, you know, in film study, I mean, you know, they're sitting there watching film every single day. You know, they're they're trying to put the best players that they feel like can can go out there and make an impact. If they feel like somebody you know can can make a bigger impact, you know, they're not going to leave them uh, leave them on the bench. You know, they're going to put them out there. So, um, you know, I, I think Earl Little certainly has a, a lot of talent. Um, you know, highly recruited coming out of high school. Uh, and there's there's always been these high expectations for him. I think he's going to be okay. I think you know, just continuing to learn, continuing to get better, continuing to get bigger. Um, you know, he, he'll be fine. You know, I, I, I'm hoping that uh, the lack of playing time, uh, you know, early this season doesn't really discourage him. Hopefully, he can just keep getting better, and you know, hopefully, he's not one of these kids that you know we're potentially going to see down the road. You know, have that thought in his head that you know, maybe he needs to go elsewhere. I, I think, you know, as long as he can stick it out, he's going to have a, you know, he's going to have that opportunity to make a big impact, um, you know, on the field for Alabama. Yeah. I mean, even if you think ahead to 2024, let's say Kool-Aid McKintree moves on to national football league, that's going to have a chain reaction at Earl Little's primary positions, mm -hmm. both star and corner. So uh, don't need to get too far ahead of yourself. Uh, if you're, if, if for those thinking along those lines, anyway, why did Ja'Cory Brooks not nah ask go from potential team leader to the doghouse from what 
we have seen in the first couple of games, is he doing a good job working himself out of it? Well, obviously he missed the first half of the Middle Tennessee game. Uh, that wasn't beneficial to him. Uh, we did see him against Texas. I guess, though, as I said on the practice watch along last night, Tuesday night, I, I didn't have Ja'Cory Brooks two games into the season not having a catch. I think if there's good news there, though, Andrew, is that other guys have stepped up, like was the case against Texas. I mean, uh, guys like Isaiah Bond, guys like Kobe Prentice, Jermaine Burton to this point has been solid. So I don't think it was ever going to be a wide receiver one and then everybody else type of situation. So even if Ja'Cory, and you expect this to be the case, uh, becomes more fully involved in the rotation, uh, still doesn't look like a group that's going to have maybe that 1,000-yard guy, that 70 catches for 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. So it's going to take everybody, I would think. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and I, I was uh, I was probably harder on some fans after the season uh, and during the spring. I said, just you know, give this freshman group time. I mean, you had a lot of freshmen that were out there last year playing that I felt like, you know, one, they were playing because – they were needed, but two, they're, they're out, you know, you have a bunch of freshmen that are out there playing because they're actually really good. You know, they still needed some time to develop and give them a year and you're looking at, you know, you're looking at a, uh, a big sophomore jump for a lot of those guys, you know, like you mentioned with Kendrick Law, with, uh, with Kobe Prentice, I, I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be great. You just have to continue to, to build that camaraderie with your quarterback. And of course, I think, you know, I don't know if, players knew you know two weeks into fall camp you know who the starting quarterback was going to be um you know you're maybe they did uh but uh you know you're also trying to work you're you're still working on your timing with your guys you're trying to you know build a good um you know connection with your quarterback and your receiver and i think a lot kind of depends on you know who's open and you got a lot of really good talent the wide receiver position and you know Jalen milrose getting the ball to who he feels like you know he is open at the time. So we'll see if we'll see. I think we're going to see Ja'Cory Brooks make some big plays this season. I mean, he's made big plays for the last two years. Um, and, you know, at some point he's going to be dependent on, and, you know, I think he's going to step up. Also, we have, can Kendrick Blackshire take the starting linebacker spot from Tresman Marshall and or Jihad Campbell? Feels like he has made significant strides. I think for Kendrick, the biggest thing is he's stayed healthy for an extended stretch. That was a problem for him his first couple of years in the program. So certainly when you talk about physical attributes, I think more so maybe on early downs, I, I still look at Kendrick Blackshire and think of a guy that can really thump, which they need. There's a need for that, but even if he were or was the first guy out there with Deontay, I think they would probably be situational as they went from early downs, nickel, big nickel, more into their pass defense mode. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, I think the more he gets out there, the more reps he can get. I mean, we're we're starting to see his name called more often. We're starting to see, you know, even if it's uh, you know chasing down a player from behind, you know, getting in on it on a tackle at the last minute. We're starting to see that name pop up more and more. Um, 
and I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to compare him to Reuben Foster at all. Uh, but I remember Reuben coming in when he was a freshman and he was a little bit bigger than, uh, you know, than what you wanted. So he had to lose some weight. He had to trim down some. And once he kind of got down to, you know, I think he was under 230 uh, by the time he was a junior. I mean, he was flying, uh, you know, making big plays, lighting people up and obviously became a, uh, you know, a Butkus Award winner. You know, can Kendrick Blackshire continue to, um, you know, trim up, get faster, and, and make big plays and continue to learn the defense. I, I think, you know, he's got a chance to be a uh, a really great player uh, in Alabama system. Is that this year? I think the more he gets on the field, the more uh, he can contribute is great. I'm kind of seeing him as an impact player, uh, you know, potentially in, in, you know, making a bigger impact next year uh, than anything else. But I think that, you know, he's certainly a guy that, you know, can step up a little bit more this year and, and potentially, I mean, who knows? I mean, we'll see how much he's, uh, you know, how many reps he can continue to get in games. I mean, you, what, we're looking at those snap count observations every single week and, you know, those numbers keep going up. So uh, I think Alabama trusts him and, you know, definitely believe that he can make a, a, a much bigger impact down the road. Yeah, needs to make as much hay as he can right now in that competition while Jihad Campbell isn't quite 100%. We saw Campbell against Texas, but it was pretty evident he's still trying to get back to where he needs to be. Bama Houndstooth here in the Ask Al BOL Anything thread. You touched on Jordan Seaton earlier, so what we'll do is we'll shift to this one. Andrew, you said Riddick and Cam Coleman are unlikely to return to Alabama for another visit, but you did not say the same for Perry. Do you think he returns for another game this season? Well, you know, with Perry, you know, this is a kid that was committed to Alabama for over a year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of rela relationships uh, in Tuscaloosa, a lot of connections with the Alabama staff. I think, you know, things kind of, um, you know, soured a little bit when, you know, he flipped to Auburn. But I don't think that the communication completely stopped. Obviously, you know, he made it back to Tuscaloosa for the uh, – for the Texas game, I think the biggest thing is, you know, is he going to come back for another game? Will Alabama continue to recruit him? I, you know, from what I've heard, you know, they are still in communication with him. Uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a major surprise that he that that he showed up to Tuscaloosa for the game. I think obviously that was kind of kept uh, under wraps. Demarcus Riddick, Cam Coleman, uh, you know, probably not as much as far as being kept under wraps. You know, people knew that he was he was coming in. We reported that on on. Thursday or Friday of last week. Um, but just don't see either one of them uh, really coming back just from what we're, we've heard. Uh, I don't know if there's necessarily a, a major push uh, to flip those guys. Um, and, but I think that Alabama would be open to uh, to bring Perry back in for another visit. I mean, they've always liked him. They've always had, you know, held him in very high regard. And if he wants to come back, I think they would be very, you know, very open for for that happening. But you know, as I said in in the recruiting thoughts this week, I, I'm not putting him on flip watch right now. Uh, you know, he's not a a guy that we're seeing flip from Auburn. You know, Alabama to Auburn, back to Alabama. Uh, you know, we're not seeing that right now as far as um, you know pulling off a Reuben Foster or anything like that. So we'll see what happens with Perry as far as uh, you know potential visit back to Tuscaloosa later this season. But, um, hey, I mean, you know, it's a start just to get him back on campus. But um, but as of right now, we, we still consider him a solid Auburn commitment. 
Speaking of flip candidates, Bama Houndstooth also asked, do you see a possible flip candidate no one is currently talking about that Alabama may be a dark horse for come signing day? Um, I think you're going to have to look at on, on the defensive front. You know, who's potentially still out there that, you know, will at least come back for a visit to Tuscaloosa down the road or potentially on the offensive front. You know, there were some guys back in the spring that Alabama heavily recruited, including Josiah Thompson, who's committed to South Carolina, Michael Uni, who committed to Georgia. Even though those guys haven't said anything or mentioned that they are going to, you know, take a visit back to Tuscaloosa, we we know that Alabama is still trying to work on those guys and still trying to get a visit, um, you know, later on this season. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting to watch. No doubt about it. So, What we're going to try to do here is wrap things up with Andrew Bone and Ask BOL Anything. Uh, Bama Houndstooth also asking, the South Florida coach was previously the OC at Tennessee. Could you just talk about the offensive system and what it could do to help the defense come Tennessee week? Yeah, I talked about that in the preseason with Alex Golish taking over at USF, and that was kind of my thinking at the time. But after the performance against Texas, I think uh, Alabama's got plenty to work on just from an introspective uh, standpoint. So it's more about Alabama this week than probably even thinking about Tennessee, but certainly with Golish down in Tampa, some tra- uh, some carryover. Uh, I watched some of South Florida against Western Kentucky and getting ready for this week. So, yes, the the wide splits for the wide receivers – Uh, Two receivers to each side, outside the numbers, uh, spread you out, get the box thinned out, and then really try to run the football with this USF offense. Put it this way, USF does not have a Hendon Hooker at quarterback. It does not have a Jalen Hyatt at wide receiver. Um, But conceptually, yes, yes, there will certainly be some some crossover and some similarities there. Um, You know, and and that, that could be a good thing. That could be... Uh, you know, a negative. We don't know. I, I, I think again, as we get out of here, Andrew. It, for me, um, it's as much about headspace for Alabama coming up on Saturday than anything else. For me, it's as much about headspace this week for Alabama than anything else. Well, that's going to do it for Ask BOL Anything. Thanks to Andrew Bone for joining us here on the show. And you can check it out at the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com right there at BOL on YouTube. That's our channel on YouTube these days. So check that out and come hang out with us at BamaOnline.com. The roundtable is where you're going to want to be, the premium message board of choice for Alabama fans around the globe. For Andrew Bone, Travis Ryer, thanks again. And until next time, so long, everybody.